Hello and welcome to the Legendary Leaders Podcast, where we chat all things leadership and personal development related, absolutely authentically and unscripted. On this podcast, my guests and I are going to introduce you to ideas and concepts that show how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage and motivate you on your journey to becoming a legendary leader yourself with more impact, influence and inspiration. So, are you ready for it? Welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Welcome to Legendary Leaders Day Podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm your host of this show. And I'm delighted that you all tuned in again because there's another fantastic guest, a true leader we have on board and who will share all her insights about productivity and time management. Well, when I say all her insights, it might be slightly exaggerated because there's so much you could talk about, you could explore because we're all different, right? We have different needs, we have different wants, and we have different styles and approaches. So therefore, it's important to make this topic as customized and individualized as possible. And Alexis Heiselberger does exactly that. I don't know about you, but I have experienced and been a part of a lot of time management courses and seminars I was sent to when I was working corporate. And often I left those courses and I said, okay, what was that really now teaching me? What's going to be different for me? I didn't always take a lot with me. Some tips and tricks, yes, but I wasn't quite sure as to whether they really work for me. And I learned for myself that I needed more accountability, for example, and that I needed to have a very individual approach. And that considered my entire working day that analyzed when I was at the highest energy and that stepped into identifying what my communication style was and how clearly I communicated certain needs and boundaries as well. And uh, that is exactly what I'm going to talk about with Alexis today. She is a fantastic productivity coach and trainer and she helps people and she has worked with over 12,000 individuals so far to build a fantastic life balance, you know, where you enjoy your work however much you want to enjoy of it and where you also really make time for your personal life and for your own recovery, so to say, you re-energizing, filling up the batteries again. So she does that in such a wonderful individual way, which she's going to talk about today as well, but she also puts communication at the core of her entire work. So the one and the other clearly come together. When she talked about leadership and what makes a legendary leader, she shared two key points. The first one is, it's someone who can figure things out, who isn't necessarily waiting, and these are my words, not hers, who isn't waiting for the silver plate to come along and being served every solution readily available. Someone who's able to say, okay, you know, let's roll up the sleeves, let's figure out how that works and be curious about it. And the second trait is to a really kind of include other people's perspectives and to be able to say my way isn't always the highway and I'm not always right so let's listen to what other people have to say again that is the core of the work she is doing so we are talking about to-do lists but also stop doing lists in particular we are talking about how you can explore your own productivity your efficiency uh, in an in, in experimental and more playful way. So how can you really stick to trying new ways out? Well, 
Yes, by experimenting with them and by saying, hey, I give it a certain go, or I give it a go for a certain amount of time. And we are talking about a few life examples as well, so that we, we really hope they will resonate with you and bring up a few aha moments where you say, yeah, I can find myself here or I can find the environment I'm working in here. And maybe that makes me think and that makes me want to take new steps going forward. So welcome together with me, Alexis Heiselberger. Uh, it's going to be a very engaging chat and I am sure you will enjoy it. Don't forget to leave a review at the end of the show. It's really, really important to me to know what you're thinking and to get your feedback really. So enjoy, speak to you in a moment. So hello and welcome. Hi, Alexis. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am very well. How are you in Palm Springs there? I am great. A little bit hot. Got a fan on me right now, but it's not quite 110 yet. So <laughs> I love it that every time I speak to Alexis, she is in this wonderful holiday home. But given that her family's there as well, she sits in a closet basically in a walk-in wardrobe and has this wonderful Zoom background that I can see <laughs> to avoid seeing everything else around her. <laughs> classic making it work in a COVID-19 situation. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Got extra pillows on the floor for some sound muffling. And wow. So you're not just a productivity wizard, you're also like the soundproof podcast expert, clearly. <laughs> well, we shall see, right? <laughs> so it's good to have you on board because Talking about time management, talking about productivity is always a very important topic, yet it can be from my perspective, sometimes a topic that has been talked about quite a lot and sometimes doesn't quite get to the point where we really know, okay, for certain individuals, what works, what doesn't work. And I think it's such a relevant topic in particular for our current times where we work from home or in different spaces that we are not used to, to really discuss this topic again. And in particular, to discuss it from a very customized angle. And that's obviously where your work comes in. So I'm really excited about diving into those topics. But before we do, obviously, the name of the podcast is Legendary Leaders. And I would love to hear from you. What makes you a legendary leader? <laughs> so I guess legendary, that's a, an interesting word that I've never applied to myself before. But I think that, you know, I feel like I am a leader because one, in every role I've ever had, <laughs> I was forced to figure things out. Mm. And I think that for me, that leadership, no matter what level you are in an organization, if you can go in and you can say, okay, I have no idea how to do this thing, but I'm going to figure it out, move forward, help other people get there, et cetera, and be, you know, be a person that moves things in a forward direction, yeah. then I think that's leadership. And that's kind of the role that that I've always played in every job I've ever had, as well as when starting my own company. It's like, well, I've never had training on it. There's nobody to train me. I guess we'll figure it out. Yes. Important one. A really important one. Is there anything else you would add? I mean, I think also being, when you're thinking about leadership, it's really important to think about that is not only your perspective, it's mm -hmm. that to take in the perspectives of other people. And so yeah. I think that, you know, when we think about leadership and we use the words leaders and followers, it kind of creates this false dichotomy in our minds about a linear type of a, a role, when really I think that the best leaders that I've worked with 
are the people who are really able to take in, you know, they're able to make a decision. They don't need a consensus, but they're also able to see the points of everyone who has something valid or interesting to say. And they're not saying, hey, okay, I make this decision and, you know, I'm the only one. They're saying, no, somebody, somebody else who might be closer to the actual thing might have some valuable information to share here. Exactly. And it comes back to what, what you and I had a brief chat about last week, being curious about people, right? And really understanding where they're coming from, what their approach is, and, and to learn more about them. Absolutely. Right. And not assuming that we know. I mean, yes. I think that's where we get into, you know, it's so interesting not to take this in a completely different direction. But, you know, I work with a lot of people, I work on time management and productivity, mm-hmm. but a huge piece of it is around communication, right? Mm-hmm. Because so much of how we get things done is about how we communicate with other people. Yeah. And so that always comes into it as well. Just, you know, how are we listening to other people? How are we getting across what we're trying to say? How are we coming together? You know, all of that is really important. So, so true. I've just had an experience with a wedding planner. <laughs> we, we stopped working with this wedding planner for various reasons, but one of them was communication was just absolutely awful. I felt like I, I wrote the same and the same and the same and had to repeat myself all the time. And I'm someone who writes a lot of bullet points and tries to fit a lot in and so on. And, and it wasn't taken on board. It was like someone is not listening to me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there wasn't any clear, transparent communication back and it drove me bananas because it's such a waste of time to email back and forth. I'd rather jump on a call and say, let's just talk it through. Let's understand where we are coming from, what really matters to every individual involved. And it went to a point where I said, okay, no, I decide here to stress less, as you always say, (laughs) right, and get more done in a different way. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And I love that, you know, I'm also a bullet point person in emails and trying to number bullets and things. And it just makes me think of, yeah, I get so frustrated sometimes when I'll send somebody an email that has like three numbered bullets. And the response I get back is like one sentence that doesn't reference any of my bullets. You know, I'm like, I try to make it so easy. I know. Um, Yeah, there's something that I teach to a lot of my clients that I call the two exchange rule which is that if I've emailed you and you've emailed me and I've emailed you and you've emailed me, so we've had two exchanges back and forth about the same topic or maybe Slack or whatever, that means we have to pick up the phone Mm -hmm. because we're not going to resolve this by more emails. Yes, exactly. And especially not copying thousands of people into the email then as well, which which applies in corporate and outside of corporate. I want to make that very clear, right? It's it's certainly not just an organizational thing that can happen. I'm definitely experiencing it in very, very different ways. So um, get a good feel for what's needed. But you already started talking about how you help your people, so your clients. Tell us a little bit more about the clients. So what state are they in? What desires do they have? have when they come to you what do you then do with them yeah and how do they leave the work yeah perfect so my clients typically so I work with people around time management productivity how to really take control of your time and use it more intentionally Mm -hmm. so that you feel as though okay I use my time in the way that I wanted to and the way that I intended to and I can feel good about that right we don't get more time but we can use certainly use our time in a different way and so In terms of the people that I work with, I often work with people who are quite successful. 
So it's not like people are complete disasters, you know, with their time. It's, it's people who are very successful, but who have gotten there by brute force, typically. And so they have gotten to the position where they are in their jobs or, you know, maybe... I mean, their family just like kind of sheer working hard, working long hours, you know, sheer effort. And they come to me at a point in time where they're not able to progress on sheer effort alone, yeah. or they realize they're so burned out that they can't keep going in this way. And so often, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, I work with a lot of managers, executives, and I work with working parents like myself, right? Uh, people that have a lot on their plate. And sometimes I get people, or often I get people who are in a kind of transition. So maybe they've just had a baby and their old systems don't work anymore mm -hmm. for what's going on in their life. Or maybe they've just become a manager and they are now in charge of the work of a whole bunch of people instead of just themselves, right? And how do they manage that? And then sometimes it's, you know, people who have been in management for a very long time, people on their first or second or third startups even. And these are people who... They've been in that kind of startup life of, okay, I just go, 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 go. Yeah. And they realize that that's not sustainable in the long run. So when I work with people, I really engage from a level of let's know ourselves better exactly as we are, because I've found that it doesn't work to just say, here, you try this, do this, this will mm -hmm. work, right? I need to actually know, and they need to know who they are on a number of different dimensions that I've defined as in my work as being relevant to time yeah. management and task management. So it's not, you know, of course we want to shy away from putting anyone in a box, but I think when you give people a whole bunch of boxes and they can sort of figure out where they are in all of these ways, they just become data points that we can use to help guide which strategies are going to fit in well to our lives. So I think maybe I shared with you before, you know, I'm not ever a person who is going to say, all you need to do is wake up at 5am, right before <laughs> your kids, have your tea and you'll be great. Like, I'm never going to tell somebody that because I know from personal experience that as a night person, <laughs> I am never going to be able to wake up early for a long period of time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I did it when my kids were little because you had to, but I know that I'm always going to value that mm -hmm. extra 10 minutes of sleep more than I am getting up early. Yeah. And so there are a lot of different dimensions just like that where we want to know where people are. Then I take people through an arc of, you know, everybody is different, but we are still sort of, we still need to go through the same layers, essentially. And so I take people through task management. You know, how do we get everything out of our heads and into an external system so that we can reduce that mental load? We have, we have about 200 times more data coming at us every day than we did 30 years ago. And it might even, that might even be an old stat. <laughs> and so our brains just can't handle all of that information all of the time. And so we need to externalize what we're doing so that we can effectively prioritize. So then we move into prioritization. So now that we know what all the stuff is that we have to do, now that we don't have thoughts of like, oh, my passport needs to be renewed, and also I have this big work project due, and there's milk running out in the fridge, and like, did I sign the permission slip? All that stuff, once we get it out of our heads, now how do we figure out when are we gonna do it? And how do we figure out which are the things that are worth doing? Mm. Because a lot of us have these gigantic lists of things, yeah. And we just assume we have to do it all. And the reality is not only can we not do it all, but we shouldn't do it all. And so we need to figure out what are those things that are on our list that really have to be done, but not by us, right? We could outsource them, we could delegate them, et cetera. We want to figure out what are the things that we've said yes to that we just, we don't want to be doing, right? They're not serving us. We're resenting it. Every time we have to go to the event, we are complaining about it. 
we want to figure out what do we say yes to and no to in the future? Because every time we say yes to something, we're effectively saying no to something else in the future. We just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, exactly. So we really like prioritization, I think, is so much more than just, okay, like what's important and what's important. We really want to say, okay, of all the bajillion things that I could be doing, what are the ones that are going to move me forward? What are the ones that I'm going to feel good about? And once I feel good about those, then I know that I can feel okay about dropping them. Right? I know that I can get to that point where I say, yeah, I feel that I did today the things that were more important than the things I didn't do. And then I just want to repeat that on a daily basis. Let me jump in for just one yeah. second. You mentioned right in the beginning that you a, get to know your people. You wouldn't say to everyone, you know, start getting up at 5 a.m. Right. Not everyone's cup of tea. So you really yeah. need to understand their uniqueness, their needs, their boundaries or lack of boundaries as well in this case. Yes. And, and what I loved about this was that you also mentioned and often the clients need to get to know themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. helping them raise the self-awareness and to understand, okay, what are their, I say it quite harshly, downfalls? Yeah. What keeps them in this trap of having tons of lists with tons of bullet points on them and just going for it. Why do we procrastinate on certain things? Why do mm-hmm. we need those huge lists? What are we avoiding to do, for example? I think it's, it's really important to invest a lot of time in this self-awareness forming stage yeah. um, in order to really get the best and the highest productivity out of the individual. I think so too. And I think also it's because, you know, I'm not, my goal is not to have a client and then work with them forever, right? Mm. My goal is to, to work with a client for a, like usually about four months, sometimes a little longer, and then to have taught them how to do this for themselves, mm. right? To have taught them like, here's the things you need to know about when you specifically are trying to do something that you want to do, but you're not able to make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. What do you need to know about yourself to move yourself forward? You know, usually it's around expectations related to other people and yourself. So sometimes people are people who really need external accountability. I love Gretchen Rubin's framework mm. of the four tendencies, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe you need accountability. Maybe you just need to do a pro con list for yourself because you're, you know, you're a questioner. Maybe you need to tie it to your identity. You know, maybe maybe you're just one of those people that just does it and we don't have to worry about it, but that's not very many people, right? And so I think you're really right because my goal is not to have people that have to come back to me over and over and over. It's to really kind of the teacher man to fish, right? And say, okay, here's what you know about yourself. Now apply it. And now the next time something changes in your life, you could also have, you have this underlying tool set and this underlying ability to say, okay, I know what's changed. I know this about myself. So I can put two and two together and pop in this other strategy that will work. Fantastic. And when you do that, you work with them for four months or longer. What's Mm -hmm. happening there? How do people transform? And and what do you see in them when they, in quotation marks, leave you? When they leave. So yeah, so what I see is, I'll I'll kind of quickly go through the arc, which is just, Mm -hmm. you know, we, first we're saying like, okay, there's a problem, right? Something's not working. We're saying, let's learn about ourselves. We're applying a bunch of strategies. So, you know, we'll go through prioritization, planning, tools, habit building, efficiency, and focus. And these are each kind of levels in the arc. And we are then saying, okay, at each stage, what are we going to layer in slightly? Just just one extra thing to layer in or to try out. So we're not trying to make 
massive life changes all in one go. Mm -hmm. We're trying to say, okay, first let's, let's track our time for a little bit and see what are we actually doing so we can get some real data. Mm -hmm. And then once we see that, we say, okay, what do you want to be doing more of? And what do you want to be doing less of? Right? Mm -hmm. So we're really asking a lot of introspective questions. And then we're saying, okay, you want to be doing less of some things? Let's make a stop doing list instead of a, you know, to-do list and see what we can pull from that. Right. And so we're kind of going along and we're layering things in we're working on our real lives. So we're saying, okay, we want to get an ideal schedule for you. Let's actually look at your calendar and let's evaluate these meetings. Are these meetings worth your time? If you go to this weekly meeting for every week for four weeks, do you feel good at the end of it? Is this a valid use? Should we, you know, how can we move things around to get you more deep work time and less, you know, less just kind of back and forth between meetings, et cetera. So we're really getting into the nitty gritty. We kind of layer things on. And then at the end, the the thing that almost everybody says is, I feel in control now. Mm. Like that's the thing that people are getting. So it's, you know, it's so funny because sometimes people will say, well, I thought going to work with you would mean that I would just come out with a much shorter task list, right? (laughs) That I would learn how to get all the things done. And the reality is that's not the world we live in. Like our task list is always going to be bigger because we want to do more things and more things come up, et cetera. And every time, you know, I mean, everybody's had this experience. You cross one thing off your list, but five more things have been added before the end of the day, right? Like the task list doesn't get shorter over time. We just get better and better at prioritizing the things that make sense to us and letting the rest go. And so I think that there's a lot of different tools and strategies that people feel like, oh, I have this, this tool belt now where if I run into this situation, I know I can just like turn this lever and that's going to provide a little bit of release yeah. or et cetera. And so that's really what people say at the end is I feel in control now. Like I know where my time is going. I'm choosing where my time is going mm-hmm. and I'm not letting the day just happen to me anymore. Fantastic. It gave me the sense of calm right away. I feel more in control. And the meeting example is such a good one. I can't even count how often I hear, oh, I have just numerous meetings I always have to go to. And then the evening, particularly now with the home office space, I'm catching up on emails. And I'm like, well, why do you join all of these meetings? Well, my boss wants me to. And I'm like, why does he want you to join this meeting? What, what's your added value there? What would happen if you weren't there? What are his concerns? All of these things. And it just happens so often that we go into meetings not knowing why, right. not understanding, coming back to communication, how to communicate back and challenge back what our purpose there is, to make more right. conscious decisions and choices. Yeah. And I think also you, you bring up a really good point. People don't even question why they're at the meetings they're mm. at. Right? You know, I, so one exercise that I have most of my clients do is I say, okay, for a full month, Every time you go to a meeting, if that meeting wasn't worth your time, change the color to gray Mm. or something. Only you'll be able to tell, right? Like it's not, nobody else will know what your color scheming is. But then after a month, you can look back and you can actually have real data instead of just kind of in the moment, here's how I felt and say, you know what? Twice a month, I feel like this weekly meeting is worth something. And twice a month, I don't. How about we just make this meeting twice a month and see how that goes, Mm. right? Or oh man, I have, you know, I had this one client who, when he came to me, he had, we added up, we went to his calendar, we added up all his meetings. He had 42 hours of recurring meetings every week. Meaning as an executive that he's, I mean, he's also getting 300 emails a day, Mm -hmm. right? And he has work to do and he has people to manage. And so, you know, even just saying like, okay, this is not, this is not reasonable. 
right? We need to do something about this. How many of these meetings can we remove? And you know, the interesting thing was this guy, he's so great, so smart. And he had 17 recurring skip level meeting with his, you know, so the, the direct reports of his direct reports. He had 17 recurring half hours a week that were just these skip level meetings, right? And so it's, these things just creep up over time, yes. right? It's like somebody you add some time and you're like, oh, that person is that, okay, this other person. And so, you know, it just sometimes takes saying like, let's look at this a different way. You want to be accessible to these people and that's admirable, right? But also, could we just put two hours on your calendar a week of office hours and those people could book time during that time instead of having you to show up weekly for these 17 Exactly, weeks? yes. And it's often like, that's not some brilliant you know, suggestion on my part. It's just sometimes you need an outside perspective mm -hmm. to say, oh, like maybe we could do it this other way and see what happens, right? Yeah. A uh, great example, in particular in this COVID time that mm -hmm. we find ourselves in. Yeah. Yes, some countries are moving slowly but surely to the new normality, whatever that's going to look like. Some are still really stuck into it. Others are preparing for the second round. So we are in different places. But what you can see is that the majority of people are still working from home and that some people are still teaching their children from home and so on and so forth. So the boundaries are very, very gray between work and their, your personal life. Yep. So it would be interesting to hear what are your observations when it comes to productivity and time management in particular with the leaders you are working with? Can you see gray zones there as well? Or what are the general observations? Yeah, I mean, I think you're totally, like boundaries have just been eviscerated, right? Mm -hmm. And like we, I think what happened, or at least, you know, what I've seen what happened is that when people went to an office, there were built-in boundaries, right? Yeah. Now, the boundaries are more porous today because of technology than they were 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but there are still boundaries, right? You had a commute, you showed up in the office, you had to choose whether you wanted to take your laptop home with you or not at the end yeah. of the day, right? When we went home and everyone started working from home, what I saw pretty immediately was most people didn't identify the lack of boundaries immediately right? It's like, okay, we're in this new zone. We're just working. We're just kind of going to throw ourselves at it. And now I think what needs to be done is we need to intentionally recreate some of the boundaries. Mm -hmm. So we need to think about space and we need to think about time and we need to think about what are kind of artificial boundaries that we could set for ourselves that will help us to have that compartmentalization that we used to have. And now, now this doesn't work for everybody because again, Some people are people who really like segmentation between home and work. And I think for those people, this has been a much, much harder transition. Yeah. And then there are also people who are integrators who really like fluid boundaries. And so this has been less difficult for them. But for those people who really do like boundaries, going in and now saying, okay, where are you actually going to work in your house? Right? Let, let's pick a spot. Right? It doesn't have to be exactly the same every time, but let's recreate a work zone so that just like your bedroom is a sleep zone, right? Where your brain is now going to say, oh, when I'm in this area, I'm supposed to be working. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not in this area, I'm not supposed to be working. It's a subtle thing. And it's something our brains are doing like on a subconscious level to yeah. a certain extent. But, you know, saying, okay, everyone has this. And this is something we did in my family too, is the first couple of weeks, you know, might have a couple of boys who are school age. And so they had their own Zoom classes and we're, you know, all on Zoom all the time, everyone. And we defined not only an office space for me and an office space for my husband, but a quote office space for each of my kids. So one of my kids had their shared bedroom and the other one had our dining room. And that's where they went in the beginning of the day. And that's oh. where they 
made. And we all said like, this is the space, you know, we respect each other's spaces here. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to keep those for each other. We also made schedules, like visible schedules so that other people, and this is something I'm helping my clients with as well, is how do we make it more easily known when you're going to be in meetings and when you're not going to be in meetings and when someone can interrupt you and when they can't, right? It also comes back to communication. I think, you know, this is a really poignant example, but I was doing a coaching session for a group coaching session for five women who had come back to work during COVID-19. So by back to work, it meant they had come off of maternity leave <laughs> and just into their houses, right? Because they didn't have any place to go, right? So such a hard, and, so, and they were all doing valiant efforts, right? They all seemed to be great. One of the most interesting things that I noticed was, you know, there seemed to be a lot of jockeying for, wait, who's going to take the baby now? And I have this meeting, et cetera. And I asked out of these five women, how many of you have sat down and just had a conversation with your partner about how you're going to manage childcare mm-hmm. and working from home? And only one out of five had had a formal conversation with their partner about how they were going to handle this. And so, you know, I think coming into this and just saying like, no, over communication is what we need to do. Like, do we want to be talking about bills at noon at lunchtime? Or do we just leave that off the table until like evenings or weekends when we would have done it before? You know, how much change do we want to embrace versus how much do we want to kind of recreate our old work worlds and um, just kind of in a new location. And so I think that communication really has a ton to do with it because that's where I see a lot of people faltering. Clearly. And the same, I would apply to um, your line managers, your teams. Mm -hmm. So some of the teams I'm working with, they really struggle to make their boundaries clear with their teams in this virtual world. On the one hand, they don't want to step on their toes. They want to remain visible to them in this virtual world. They want to be approachable, so they want to be great leaders. But on the other hand, they are all in remote places. Some are used to it, some are not. And yeah. they don't quite know how to handle it. And yeah. it's, it's really important that you still have these boundaries and communicating those boundaries and your office hours ends on to your team members, to your line managers, so that they are very clear on, I'm here for you guys. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm approachable and I'm happy to be also there in, uh, for emergencies. But at the same time, I have hours when I just need to really get on with work and do some, yeah, some work on the proper projects instead of doing that at midnight. Right. And right. the same applies to communicating your boundaries in terms of how many managers send out emails very, very late in the evening or very early and put some subconscious pressure on other people that this is the norm so this is how we should operate long working hours starting very early in the morning working until midnight or even longer it's really important to be very clear on this is not how i work this is not how i remain productive mm-hmm. i have yeah. regular breaks all of these things are important but you cannot make them happen without communication I so, oh my God, I so agree. And I think that it's, you know, I'm, I'm often working with leaders and especially entrepreneurs in kind of a, you know, a very fast paced environment, right? Where I'll say, you know what, if you are sending emails at midnight or 4am, your employees are thinking that you expect them to answer those emails, right? Whether you do or whether you don't. And so either you need to stop sending those emails or you need to schedule them mm-hmm. <laughs> so that they are sent after 8, 8 a.m. in the morning, right? Yeah. Because I think you're so right that, you know, it's kind of like when you work with 
leaders who say, well, I tell all of my employees not to check email on vacation, but that at the same time they're on vacation and they're checking in every single day. You know, the message is kind of just with our, like with our children. It's like, you know, they do what we do, not what we say. And so it's so, I, I just think you're so right. It's so important to one, set the right boundaries for yourself and communicate those, but also that helps your employees to be able to set the boundaries for yeah. themselves because they may not be able to feel comfortable doing so if they don't have a, a role model that they can see doing that and not getting in trouble for it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I, I had this experience quite a few years ago where I didn't communicate it. I always was like a 24 seven worker. I was always yeah. approachable, always available, super ambitious, wanted to get to the next level. So I had to, in my mind, at least had to be visible literally all the time. Yeah. Until I realized this is not going to get me any healthier or happier or whatever. So I started this whole personal development path on changing mm -hmm. my habits and becoming a leader from within who yeah. feels far more okay with myself. So therefore I can be far better with other people. One of the results of that was that I understood I can't do 24-7. I have boundaries in terms of my working hours. But what I didn't do very well at this point of time was to communicate that. And I yeah. still remember some of the senior leaders I was working with, they, they were really miffed about it. And they were like, that's not you not responding so quickly to emails. And I, the, the amount of times I was told that's not you. And I felt then bad about myself again, felt guilty again, and so on and so forth, just because I didn't communicate properly. Yeah, you know, you bring up such a valid point that I talk about with my clients all the time because I'm often telling people, right? Like, no, we're going to turn off our, our notifications on our email and our Slack. You're going to be able to answer it still in a reasonable amount of time, but you're not going to be at the beck and call anymore of yeah. every single thing that comes in, right? Every little thing. And people are so scared to do this, right? Yeah. Rightfully so, really scared to do this. And one thing that I always talk about is like, hey, we, you don't have to do this in a vacuum. Tell your team, tell your manager what you're doing because they should, they'll be supportive. Say, I'm trying to be more productive. I've learned a lot about how interruptions really derail my productivity. And so I'm now going to be checking email four times a day. I'm going to be doing this experiment. If you really need me immediately, text me, right? Or like give people another option. And it's, it's what you see or what I see is people feel this sense of relief come over their face mm -hmm. when you just tell them, hey, you know, you can just tell people what you're doing, yeah. right? Like, like, and if, then if they have a problem with it, you can talk about that, right? Correct. And, and that it's an experiment. And I think that's another thing that we often, I don't know if this has come up for you too, but it's like if we express things as an experiment that we're just trying, and that we can always go back, <laughs> then everybody else around us is much more willing to also either jump in on that experiment with us or let it happen. Mm -hmm. People are very afraid of change, but nobody wants to be the person that's like, I'm not willing to experiment. Mm. <laughs> I, I love that. Experimenting. Yes. We've got you today and you are the queen of it. So let's, let's come to a very, very important topic. And that's your own personal story. And I'm still so impressed by it. You have a background in uh, the startup business or startup environment as a HR person, which often means you step into very, very different roles. You're not properly uh, only human resources and at this point. But yet yeah. you mastered the art of actually going part-time and working less hours in this startup environment. So tell us a little bit more about it and, and how you made that happen. 
Yeah. So a few things. So yeah, so I grew up in the startup world. I essentially had jobs that were, you know, HR, director of operations, but basically you do everything except for sales and engineering, right? It's like, <laughs> it's a catch-all role. Like yes. finance, you're doing finance, you're doing facilities, you're managing the office manager, you know, it's just all of this, all of those things. And so I think it became one, like I always was a person who is all about maximum ROI, like how do I get straight A's and never go to class? And also how do, you know, like, how do I be really good at this job, and never work more hours? And I was I'm very much into efficiency in that way. And so that really came into the work world too. It's like, okay, there's all these interesting things to do. I have to figure out how to do them. And so I always approached it kind of like Tetris, right? It's like, how do I get this stuff in there yeah. in a way that makes sense and do it really well? So it doesn't come back to me because I think that's another thing is when you do things not so well, it comes back to you and it takes more time, right? Because then you have to fix it. And so then I, you know, I also had kids along the way. And that's kind of, that was really the impetus for me to start working part-time is I really had this lot, like not really a huge long-term planner, but I knew when I got, when I had my first kid and, you know, maybe a couple years into having a kid, I realized, oh, there's going to be a point where I send them to kindergarten. And then schools only go until 3 p.m. And so what am I going to do, right? Um, maybe I could put them in some after-school program. But really, like, I thought of myself as the kind of person who I would like to be able to be home in the afternoon, mm-hmm. right? And so I laid the groundwork, like, three years before I wanted it to happen. Right. So yeah, that's one of the things that, I, you know, I was talking to my boss and I said, so when my kid goes to kindergarten, I want to be able to be home in the afternoon. So I want to be able to move to a position of about 30 hours a week so I can do that. And he said, okay, let's think about that. And I, you know, I'd always been kind of an overachiever employee. And so it was, you know, it wasn't like I was asking for something so hard or I'd given him any reason to think I couldn't do it. And so what we did was plan together over the next couple of years, how can I shift out of kind of a direct client service role Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at an HR outsourcing firm at the time. So I was like an outsourced HR director for a whole bunch of different startups yeah. and to a more kind of special projects type role, right? Where I would be like doing things in the background and kind of, you know, I, I think I became the Salesforce administrator for our company at that point. And I kind of was building a lot of processes. And so it was like a slow process, but something that I laid the groundwork for. And then, you know, kind of, this is, this is where I didn't plan so well is after my first kid went to kindergarten, then I realized, oh, now there's a summer and I have to figure out what to do with my kids during the summer. And I signed them up for all of these different, um, you know, different camps. I got so excited, like Kung Fu camp and all this stuff. I signed them up for all this stuff. And then I looked at the schedule and I was like, oh my gosh, all the stuff I signed up for was like all over town and I'm going to have to drive them. And so then I just said to my boss, um, I have to work from home now. <laughs> and how did that he, work out? <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> he said, and I, but I said, I, let's do it as an experiment. Let's yeah. do it for the summer. <laughs> and because I have done this to myself, let's do it for the summer. Let me work from home. And then it, it worked out just fine. And so I continued to work from home after that. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's my story. And then, you know, at a certain point I realized that all the stuff that I was really, that I really nerd out over, which is time management, productivity. How do I Tetris all this stuff together? How do I help other people be more efficient? That was the stuff that I got excited about. And it was the stuff that I kept hearing about from other people that, that I had really helped them with. You know, sometimes I was getting calls from people, you know, that I worked with, you know, 
years ago. My, had, my bosses were asking me to do productivity workshops. And so it just became a thing that I was like, oh, you know, this is the thing that I'm really good at. And it's the thing that I really get excited about. So maybe I should try to make that into my career. Fantastic. But let's not play it small, right? What you have done is incredible. When I think about startup businesses and I work as a consultant, as a coach with some startup businesses, then what I experience is a manic environment. As you said, you step into different roles, you have to figure it out, which means you invest or or a lot of people invest a lot of time into doing that. And you have to roll up your sleeves and be very operational at the same time, stepping up and being quite strategic, which again, can take quite a bit of time. So the Tetris method, and I do love Tetris, right? Doesn't quite work for everyone right away. Right. So so I think it's amazing that you did that and that you were able to plan accordingly and to put structures and systems in place that allowed you to be that flexible and that allowed your boss to say, yeah, I totally trust you, you do that. So if you summarized your top three tips, yeah. What made it happen? The success factors, what would that be? So I think one of the things is, I think accountability is the most important aspect of any successful employee. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have always lived by a credence of like, be 100% accountable. And what that means to me is just doing what you say you're going to do by when you say you're going to do it. And so why is this a time management technique? Because if you're going to be 100% accountable, you have to give yourself a buffer right? I can't say, because I don't know what's going to come up in the next, you know, you know, three days. I have some, if my boss asks me to do something and I say, and I think I can get it done by tomorrow. I don't say tomorrow. I say, oh, I can get that done by the end of the week. Does that timing work for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that then if I get it done by tomorrow, fantastic, amazing, right? But if I don't get it done by tomorrow, then I still look great because I'm still accountable. And so I kind of learned really early on this buffer time. This, you know, make sure that I kind of the the under promise over deliver method of deadlines, right? So I think that's really important. I also think prioritization and knowing what's worth your time and what's not worth your time is really important because I, you know, I definitely, and people that I've managed and, you know, people that I've been around, you see, oh, somebody's spending an awful lot of time on something that isn't going to move the needle forward, right? So how do we kind of streamline that? And then I think the third thing is really, I never relied on my memory ever. Like I don't let things slip through the cracks because I'm not trying to keep it in my head. You know, my task system has changed over time, of course, like as, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like when I was in college, my task system was that I would write with a ballpoint pen on the back of my pan what I needed to do. You know, I would say like taxes for a month, you know, and like... And I, when I take a shower, I would try not to wash the back oh, of my head. <laughs> and then, you know, as you progress through the world, you have more and more responsibilities. You know, at a certain point, I was using a spreadsheet and then I moved on. To, but really, I never try to keep any of that in my head. If you ask me, what, what are you doing tomorrow? I don't know. It's all in my task list. I've pre-planned it somewhere else. But I think that's really important too for that success because I never think, I'm, you know, a lot of people just, they do what comes at them right? So this emergent thing came up, this email come up, came up, but I've always been very much about here's everything I have. Mm-hmm. Here's how it's, I've prioritized it. And then if something new comes in, now I can say, oh, is this more important than what yeah. I plan to do or less yeah. important than what I plan to do? And I think that that is something that 
just a lot of people don't think about. They don't think about the sort of systematization of a system. And really, it's just kind of like, oh, I have a list of my top priorities. But when are you, what about, you know, the fact that you need to follow up on that proposal next Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. Like these kind of things will slip through the cracks. Yeah. And then you can ask the questions as well when a new priority comes in to say, okay, I'm not quite sure as to whether this is of higher priority. Let's discuss it with my boss or whoever needs to be involved, right? That's when you can, again, communicate. Right, exactly. And it, it also makes it so much easier. You know, I think I work with a lot of people who feel very overworked and overwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't have a prioritized list of what they're needing to focus on. And so then it becomes very difficult to even have that communication with their boss mm -hmm. because they come in just saying like, oh, I'm so overworked and overwhelmed. And their manager is saying, okay, well, what should we do about that? You know, how can I help you? When instead, if you have a fully, if you have a list that you fully prioritize or a task system, now you can go in and say, here's everything on my list. Here are the things that I've prioritized. Here are the things I am not prioritizing. Do you agree with my prioritization? Should we find somebody, if, you, if there's, you know, too much for me to do, could we find somebody else to help with these other things or do we need to hire someone? It becomes a much more productive conversation because you actually have data instead of just a feeling. Correct. Yeah. And that takes emotionality out of you as well to dive into yeah. a conversation with this overwhelm. Right, right. And feeling like it's a failure instead of just mm -hmm. that it, a, it's not like, I want to change it from like a personal failing to no, this is just a puzzle. Right? Yeah. This is the puzzle we need to figure out together. And that you're not in it alone, right? When you can bring that to your boss or a coworker even and just say, hey, I'm I, need, I need to talk through this, yeah. right? That's a lot easier. So more control for yourself, control mm -hmm. for others, yeah. trust from others, mm -hmm. and overall, far more peace of mind. So what can be wrong about uh, planning a little bit more for productivity and time management, even when you're not a big planner, as some people call themselves? Yeah. <laughs> I think that you can always figure out a very individual way to make it work for you. Yeah, and there is actually, there is a study that I love that was done out of the University of Sussex a while ago that uh, showed that planning is as effective as meditation and deep breathing for stress relief. Oh, I did not um, know that. Yeah. And it's like, what I love about this is that it makes total sense, right? It's like, what are we anxious about? The future, right? <laughs> what are we doing when we're planning? We're putting some structure around the future, right? And so now I have many of my clients who call their daily planning, their planning meditation. Which I, I really love, love this. <laughs> Well, I did not know about this, but it makes so much sense. Brilliant. Right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Look, I could talk to you forever about this topic. <laughs> It's so engaging and it gave me quite a few uh, tips and tricks as well in terms of what to re-implement <laughs> into my daily life in general. But we have already come to the end of the show. I can't believe it. So thank you so much for being on the show and for giving all these amazing tips to the audience. But before you leave, we want to know where can people find you? Because I'm pretty sure there will be some people who say, Alexis, you've got to help me. Please. <laughs> well, thank you so much first for having me on the show. It was really fun. And yes, I feel like we could talk all day. <laughs> so people can find me on my website. It's alexishasselberger.com. Um, and hopefully you'll put it in the show notes because it's hard to spell. <laughs> also, you can find me on Facebook at do more stress less and on Instagram at do.more.stress.less.
And so please come find me there. If you come to my website, you can download my distraction minimization action plan, which is just a five minute exercise to help you figure out how to remove and eliminate some of those distractions from your life. And you can sign up for my free newsletter there or a free consultation with me. Brilliant. Lovely. And I encourage all of you to do that. And then you can put the first steps right away into place. But I'm sure you also received a few top tips here from this show. Give it a go. Give it a fair shot. And make sure Alexis has highlighted it a few times that you have accountability. Talk to someone about it. What you want to achieve by when. Put it into the diary and make sure that you really work towards it. It will give you so much more peace of mind. If you have any more questions or any more insights that you would like to share on this topic, then feel free to get in touch. You will definitely find both of our contact details in the show notes. But at the same time, you know, just leave a review and share with us what you think about the episode. We would love to hear from you. Until then, remain productive, manage your time very well, and don't forget to set boundaries. Have a fantastic week. Speak to you again next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Legendary Leaders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show, either on iTunes, Spotify, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com, so that you can hear more about our next episodes. I would also love to hear from you. To discover what topics you'd like to listen to on this podcast, please head over to kathleenmerkel.com forward slash podcast and let me know. You can also find me on Facebook in the Legendary Leaders Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to connecting with you again on our next episode of the Legendary Leaders Podcast. Take care. Bye.